I will be proud to lead you wonderful guys into battle anytime, anywhere. That's all. Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Appreciate that question. It's the miracle on ice. It's Tiger in 05. It's history in the making. This is the Drake Toll Show. It is back in Waco. That is winning, of course. College basketball season underway. And if you're a Baylor Bear fan or a fan of general things that are good, you're excited that Baylor and Auburn. Can you be both, though? Oh. This year, I don't know that you can. That. It seems like a bit of a dichotomy. Yeah. There's a there's Oxymoron a, a misnomer a bit to say you're a fan of good things, but also the Baylor Bears right mm. now. Basketball is back in Waco. I, I say that. It's in South Dakota. Yeah. Not sure how many people well, have made that. Basketball Waco there. last night. Say, uh, Aaron, <laughs> you see where they're playing their game tonight? Say. <sighs> How's the weather up there, I wonder? I don't know. Which I we wish we had an answer. Wish we had an answer. Last night in college basketball, and today's total show won't be buried in college basketball. But last night, James Madison beating Michigan State. You and I went to the da- uh, maybe maybe worst of a market for basketball, college basketball is hockey here. Woo! We went to the Dallas Stars and Boston Bruins game, three to two. Bruins victory. Bruins victory. Hockey town. Afterwards, listening to James Madison upset number four Michigan State to open the season, and it just felt back. It feels like March in November. Today's show. Let's go through the Dallas Cowboys and what they do from a skill position standpoint, because to me, I think Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson should take precedence in this offense, not guys like Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup. Yeah, you kind of got what you got right now. We'll also get into Shohei Otani. And his cha- now it's become pretty clear he wants to be a Texas Ranger. Why wouldn't you? Not the only right? team he's looking forward to being a part no. of, but he wants to be a Texas Ranger. Dive into that at 1240, 12:20. We got some of the clips from Aranda's press conference on Saturday. We we heard from Christoph Henley yesterday, mm-hmm. who gave some damning stuff about how the team practices and what they do. And I've heard feedback from a couple different people that have been on both sides. I've heard from former players or parents Good of people players on both sides, correct? Yep. Who have said they are upset with uh, with the way that Aranda does his practices, that Christoph was right on the money. I've heard from others who have said, well, this is just what college football is, and the in-season is not about development, and we shouldn't be worried or wrapped up in, into mm-hmm. how Aranda practices. And I, I'm not sure if I believe that side of it either. And and again, you're going to get people on both sides. If you have somebody who played for a Matt Rule, maybe, where let's say Matt Rule gave reps to everybody, you got a gajillion reps in practice, that's probably what you're privy to. If you played for... 
um, you know, uh, who's the teacher? Gary Patterson. Okay. Maybe Gary Patterson did the ones and twos. It's just going to depend on who you played for, what worked for that program, where sure. you sit. And I'd love to know more from the quote-unquote dissenters is what I'll call them. Yeah. Like the, the people who are pushing back on the Christoph Henley interview and saying it needs some more context. I think Blake Blackmar was one. Eddie yeah. Lackey was one. Um, and I just would love to know then, then like not to just point fingers and put a scapegoat out there, but just what is going wrong, do you think? Like what... I thought Christoph laid it out pretty well. I happen to believe him. But if you don't, I'd, I'd just love to hear wh- what else could be possibly going wrong with this with this program. And I don't want to hear, you know, ah, oh, just a bad year. And there just is a down year. There is part of this that there are people who are like, oh, it's just a disgruntled old football player. If you actually listen to the interview, you actually hear, hear out Christoph, you think, you know what? That guy's passionate about Baylor. He landed the plane. This wasn't a dramatic, I'm going to cut, you know. I, right, very gruntle. Begging to get on the radio. He is just, yeah, I love Baylor. I hate to see where the program is right now. It is, pro- and Kristoff, what is the fix? What's the issue? Oh, I think the issue is lack of development and practice. He didn't come after recruiting. He did not come after NIL. He did not come after transfer portal. Nothing poppy, no headlines, no clickbait. It was, hey, here's where I, why I think the team is struggling. And to me, development seems like a pretty good place to start. You you hear that and you go, I, I can't push back and say that players are being developed. There's not yeah, there's nobody out there who's like, oh right, yeah, I know Baylor's doing a great there. job developing yeah. players. Why are why are people fighting for that point? I it's beyond me. It it really is. And I again, I don't want to be like, hey, we need to stone someone to death, but there has to be something that is going wrong with this program. To go from twelve and two yeah. to then six and seven, and now hopefully bottoming out at probably a three and nine season. So I mean, there's got to be something in there, right? And clearly, the the talent, I will say, the talent is there, but it is not there. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I mean, there they, the recruiting trail has not been fantastic, but it hasn't been drastically different than it has been the last. Seven or eight years for Baylor. Since, since the last Art Bryles recruiting class, this has been pretty on par with what we've seen recruiting-wise from this program. But from when they get here, it used to be a program that made three stars into five stars. Now they make three stars into three stars. Yeah. From what we're seeing on the field. There is there's proof, further proof, by the way, that it's not recruiting because Aranda's classes go as follows. 51st, which is not great. First is not great. That's during the COVID year that everybody loves to give him a free pass for. Then thirty, which I mean, that that is the one he comes in with like three weeks to yeah. play with. So there is sure thirty sixth, fortieth, and thirty seventh. That's where his recruiting classes have ranked all top forty. Matt Rule, fortieth, thirty eighth, twenty ninth. So sounds about par for the course for it, me. It's not recruiting. The recruiting is almost the exact same. It then has to be coaching and development. That's the only other thing you can point to. Baylor's never recruited at a high level. Nobody's ever accused Baylor of being an elite recruiting school. That is I mean, they true. got, yeah, they got like two years of it. And it was gone. Yeah. So we'll hear from Dave Aranda at 1220, his postgame press conference from Saturday. At 1240, again, Shohei Otani to the Rangers, perchance. One o'clock, the Cowboys. Just focus on Jalen Tolbert and Jake Ferguson. At 120, I've got a little hook line out there. For Blake Blackmar, Blake said he's free after one, so hopefully we can grab him Love and talk him on. more perspective yeah. on how practices are, practices are run at the collegiate level uh, and what that what 
Dave Aranda's development of the Bears has looked like from his perspective as a former Baylor football player. And then at 140, the witching hour. Let's get into some Baylor basketball today. A very Baylor-heavy show, yes. which is not exactly what we plan to do every day. But today, I, I there, is, fits. there is the controversy fits. Of, of whether or not you move for, forward with this head coach and his staff. Mm-hmm. And then there is also the basketball being good and playing tonight which against Auburn. Fun. So you have really polar opposites here to discuss. When it comes to the Baylor Bears today, I think volleyball is good too. Volleyball is yeah. good, from what I hear. Let's go Women's here. The basketball two and zero. We missed some of the headlines from Saturday and Sunday. Maybe the biggest one here being: Did you see the, the Bedlam game? Did you watch the Bedlam game? I yeah, I didn't catch enough of it, but yeah, was o- very excited. Oklahoma for the State over Oklahoma, and what that has created in the Big Twelve. This doesn't matter for Baylor at this point. No chance they play. Well, for, a Big for sure. Yeah, they're not. They're not looking at the standings. They're playing for a bowl game. But in the Big 12 standings, as we speak, it is an insane hodgepodge of teams. There are two that control their own destiny, Texas and Oklahoma State. Both at 5-1 and one overall, 5-1 uh, and one in conference play, 8-1 and one overall for Texas, 7-2 and two for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has lost to Iowa State this year. Not a bad loss. They're fine. Nope. They have also lost to South Alabama. But certainly that one was close. 33-7. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not good. And the big thing was they weren't running the football with Ollie Gordon, the best player in the Big 12, earlier in the year. Now that they're doing that, they're winning ball games, and they've won five straight. Texas has won three straight. Kansas has a hot hand in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. They're still in the conversation of a Big 12 championship. Let's take you. There are seven teams. Let's take you through Texas and Oklahoma State. Control your destiny. Both teams five and one. Who could have saw that one coming, by the way? Did anyone call that before last week's games? Certainly not Oklahoma State. Hmm. Certainly any guest on Locked On Big 12, uh, maybe. Yeah, for, that's what I saw. I saw that one coming. For Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Iowa State, they are all tied at 4-2 and two this season. All tied at 4-2. and two. Then Texas Tech at 3-3, three and three, also somehow an outsider's chance at making the Big 12 championship Yes, I game. did see that graphic today. I am of the way they get there. It would be stunning for that to happen. <laughs> stunning. But if in any year in this conference, this is the year to do this that. This would be. To just stun everybody. So here's the first thing you go by when it comes to a tie. Let's say that two teams, two teams are tied at two losses apiece at the end of the year. They're both 7-2 and two in Big 12 play. That's hypothetical. Hypothetical. And that's at the top. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that one team, you say, let's say Texas finishes out 8-1, sure. and one, and then a couple of teams are tied at 7-2. and two. Okay. Head-to-head is where we go first. If those teams have not played, which is now the case in the Big 12, no longer round-robin, mm-hmm. then you go to record against the next highest-placed common opponent in the standings. Okay, so, so... So that seems a little... Record against the next... So let's say that the <laughs> next highest opponent, one of them beat, the other lost to... Then whoever won against that next highest opponent gets to go to Arlington. Boy, that would have been great 2008. The thing, the thing with that, though, is you think about if there are a ton of teams tied, we don't really They're have a way to each sift other. through that. So then we go to win percentage. Yeah, if you have like four teams tied, yeah. then that just becomes it's impossible. a cluster. Man. So then we go to, to tier three of the tiebreaker in the Big 12. This rule, the win percentage against all common conference opponents. So we shared just do point differential or something. We shared these five conference opponents. If I went four and one and you went four and one, then we have to go to level four of the tiebreaker. 
combined win percentage in conference games of conference opponents. So effectively, this would be your conference. Who is playing a stronger conference schedule? Correct. It would be your conference strength of schedule. So you play, you got to play Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston. We had to play Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, Uh, and Oklahoma. Doesn't seem fair. I mean, it is the fourth tiebreaker. It is the fourth tie. But let's say that that win percentage still tied. There are there are other (laughs) other tiebreaker rules. Number five, total number of wins in a twelve game season. Which feels we could have gotten to a little sooner, but we didn't. Number five, the total. So if you're, but if you're both eight and four, you're both nine and three. We got to go. And that's and that also I think is down there because it would be in theory if you're getting all the way there, it's rewarding you for having more of an easy schedule. schedule. Yep, an easy schedule. Then if you're both tied nine and three, eight and four, we have to go to the sixth tiebreaker in Big Twelve play. There are seven, by the way. Is this like strongest mat like mascot arm wrestling? Yeah. Level six for a tiebreaker, the level six tiebreaker in the Big 12, which we are inching toward with five teams tied at four and two, is highest ranking by Sports Source Analytics. You're kidding. Team rating score metric. The official rating metric of the Big 12 conference. Sports Source Analytics. It sounds like I just created a website. Oh, like yeah. Sportsource.wordpress.com. <laughs> .analytics.com. <laughs> and that's deciding who goes to the Big 12 championship game. Oh, no. So some nerd in his basement's like, yeah, well, this team grades at a 92, and this team's an 88. And that's what decides who goes to the Big 12 championship game at tiebreaker level nerds, Some nerds are better than others. Yes. I like the nerds. Yes. But some nerds are better than others. I, did, I don't know that you could just go based off one. And level seven, if at level six, that nerd in the basement says these two teams are still I mean, at that point, even. at that point, can't you just make that subjective? Oh, yeah. It's hey. like, dude, hey, whatever team's bigger, we just can't Johnny, keep. could you just, come on. And then if, State. if we have gone through six tiebreakers and they're still tied, two teams trying to get to the Big 12 championship, we go to tiebreaker level seven, threat level midnight, and it's good old-fashioned coin tall. We bring everybody into a room. No filming. No filming. And then at a nondescript truck stop. Yep. Yep. Bring in all three teams. Oh, yes. And you just do that. You flip the coin and then outruns Mike Gundy. We're in. We're in. (laughs) I would give anything. That'd be awesome. I'd give anything for that. This is. But I feel like the time before it, the sixth tier is eeny, meeny, miny, moe, which you can just keep doing until you get to the one that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it's I need the coin flip to be like the third tier. Sports authority source analytics says that your team is better than the other team. So now you get to go to the Big 12 championship and they don't. That's a real thing. Kansas State's never had an alternate uniform ever. Sorry, guys, you're out. That is a real thing. The Big 12 is madness. We, we skipped, over that, skipped over that a bit um, yesterday. Wanted to get to Bedlam here. And just a fun little nugget to throw in. You see how they fired Josh McDaniels? Yeah, I did. Did you read about all that? I did. You think that's true? Yeah. Sucker. Do you not? I could see Mark Davis actually doing that, but I don't think that's happening. A player mutiny that fired Josh McDaniels? Oh, I thought you were going with running with the fortune cookie story. The fortune cookie story is a little too nuts. That's funny, though. It's I could the, see Mark Davis doing that, but... It's the one with the... The player have- mutiny? When, when, uh, th- I mean, this is one of the great... If the Patriots were still good, this would be on so many t-shirts of Josh McDaniels. You hear about like the Antonio Pierce thing when he's he's obviously the interim coach for the Raiders now, but he was like 
motivating the guys, telling them the story about the 07 Giants and how they went to the Super Bowl against the undefeated Patriots, and they, they didn't fear anybody. You know, we were 10 and 6 or whatever, but and we were a wild card, but we thought every week we could play everybody and, and beat them, and the players got all fired up. And Josh McDaniels, like at the end of it, he goes, don't you dare talk about the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 You Total keep the moment. Patriots out of your mouth. You, you won the locker room back, and <laughs> then you just lost. took it right back. I love that. The guy and just could fired. not get out of his own way as a head coach. They fired him it's just for that team awesome. to win in blowout fashion <laughs> on Sunday. Oh, great headlines for the weekend. Coming up here, let's go back through some of Dave Aranda's press conference. We've got clips from that, and I, I promise you. What I want us to pay attention to is how it's the same thing he said last week and the week before that and the week before that. This <clears throat> is the Drake Toll Show. Tuesday, November 7th, from the Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, against the Auburn Tigers. 7.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 8 p.m. tip-off with the Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. It's Baylor and Auburn, Tuesday, November 7th, here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Moving is fun, said nobody ever. Jay here from Pickup Outfitters, and let's face it, moving sucks. But we did it, and now we're in our shiny new location. Announcing, ta-da, the new world headquarters of the Pickup Outfitters Center to End Truck Nudity. Maybe you've seen all the work going on Waco Drive with the new silver and red building. The new location is 4535 West Waco Drive, in between the old Richie's Western Wear and Diamore Jewelers. That's just a half mile away from our old location. We got some cool new equipment and services coming soon. But one thing that won't change is that we're still outfitting naked trucks. From bed covers and steps to toolboxes, hitches, grill guards, Pickup Outfitters also does the heavy-duty stuff. Full front replacement bumpers, airbag suspension, goosenecks, fifth wheels. Come by and see us, even if it's just to say hi and get a free cup of coffee. Pickup Outfitters has moved. 4535 West Waco Drive in between the old Richie's Western Wear and Diamore Jewelers. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sport-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, they tackle all surgical and non-surgical problems that arise from an active lifestyle. Trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. And when injuries sideline you, don't wait for Monday. Join us at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday mornings for our post-game injury evaluation clinic. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, we get you back in the game. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your 
your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. Did I kiss all the cowboys last night? No, just the stars. <laughs> I thought what. people were going to want to hear about that breakdown. Ab- trip. After going to the Dallas Stars game, I'll tell you what. Those ice girls are very, very talented. <laughs> they are. They can skate, man. And if you haven't been to a hockey game, I can't, I can't short you for that because most people probably haven't here. But when you do, they've got ice girls, at which they, have, they serve a very key purpose. They go across the ice and yep, clean up a big the shovel. They clean the up shavings. the excess ice yep. and make sure that everybody stays safe out there. And they are well clothed, and they're very sweet ladies. I bet I haven't. They met seem them. nice. Yeah. If given the opportunity nice. to meet them, I would. I would say I would give. I would say them. And if up. you haven't gone to a Stars game yet, when you do, don't worry. They will tell you the name of the team. Yes. Yeah. That especially is my favorite a tradition. Especially just after a goal, saying the name of the team. So. Dave, I, I was in Dave Arena's press conference on Saturday for the first time in a couple of press conferences for reasons that I cannot disclose on the air. Re, on, on my own personal accord, decided that I was going to go to the Texas Rangers World Series game <laughs> for one of them, and the other um, was out of partial spite. And this time I thought, you know what? What a protest. What, on, what could this guy possibly say after a loss to Houston that he hasn't already said? And the answer to that was nothing. Because he just said exactly what he said after pretty much every loss. Yeah, that's why I didn't do the the Iowa State one. I just, so we're gonna take just knew what was coming. It's really the opening of the press conference. We're gonna take the first ten minutes or so. Roll through the first. We'll roll through the open. Stop and start. We'll give an analysis. Let's hear from Coach Dave Aranda. It's good to see you guys. The film uh, review is tough to watch. You know, a lot of. Um, a lot of respect for Houston and just their effort throughout the game. Um, felt that uh, that was a game that we should have won. And so it's, that just hurts that much more when you don't win that game. Um, I appreciate the, the honesty and the reflection that goes into all of it. Um, you know, um, talking about yesterday and just the, uh, the things that, you know, the intake and what we can do better and how to improve moving forward. 
with our coaches and uh, looking forward to getting together with the team today and having a, um, a practice and getting the blood flowing and again and getting ready for a really good Kansas State team and so much respect for their coach and just their program and uh, their style of play and know it's going to be a physical game it's going to be a great atmosphere and it's going to be a, a game that challenges uh, us in running the ball and stopping the run and those are areas that uh, have been a struggle for us and so we welcome uh, the challenge take any questions you guys have Dave, I know the analytics say that it's like good to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. So that's answer number one to, or his opening statement at least. That it was yesterday. good to see us. Maybe the best, maybe the best thing that he brings us over the course of, of that open is not. It's not even him. It's the beeping in the background from the construction equipment that's backing up. Maybe the most entertaining part that's of great. his open. What have you gotten to a point where you're tired of what you hear? Week in and week out. it's it's the same open and yeah. the same um you know impressed with what Houston did impressed with the yeah, opponent of course tired wish of we would execute it after I watching I think we're all tired of after it. we watched film things weren't great yeah I mean didn't you say that last and, week and I always give him the benefit of the doubt you know he's not rude he's he's not demeaning to the media like a lot of coaches are and he is still honest but yeah I'm, I'm sick of hearing it every week it's it's tiresome that's why I don't go to him anymore it's just it's just kind of the same thing every week. It's the same thing we're seeing, but you know that he's not going to say anything that we don't expect or that we don't expect him to say. Yeah. So it just keeps going every week, man. It's every week with this. And it's always the, hey, we didn't, we had a great practice. We didn't execute. Um, like, of course you didn't. <laughs> of course you didn't. What I want to hear, Dave, is just, I, I want to hear some passion. <laughs> I want to hear some. This was not good enough today, even though we all know it. He has to wait for the question for it, appreciate the question, and then say, yeah, it just wasn't good enough today. So I just, I don't know where to go with it anymore. It's, it's the same, it's the same presser that we hear every week. And I, I don't know how he's going to inspire some confidence through us, the media, on how Baylor's going to pull any kind of result against Kansas State. This is one of the most lopsided mismatches they've had uh, probably since honestly since Kansas State last year I thought the Utah game on paper was closer than that than what is going to come up this weekend and seeing the advanced kind of stats and metrics in it this could absolutely be a bloodbath and Kansas State I mean one of the things you can't put in the numbers is they're PO'd like they're yeah. they had a tough loss in Austin on Saturday after a couple of comebacks um, they have an outside shot with those tiers of the tiebreakers to be playing in Arlington again. Uh, they're a team that fully expected to, to be in that race here in November. And they, they beat up on weaker teams. Yeah. Like they, they play well against good teams too, but they take care of the weaker teams easier than a lot of other teams at this conference do. So this could be a bloodbath on Saturday. And I don't, I don't know how Dave is going to inspire some confidence in that. Open at 16 point favorites for Kansas state has moved to 21. <laughs> That's probably, probably not a good sign. That shows I don't care. What, yeah. Conference game, I don't care where you're That's playing. Sharps. That, absolutely. The big betters know exactly what the they're doing. The last two yes. Big 12 champions, and one is favored by 21 points. Yeah. The last two Big 12. And that's, that's embarrassing. In a conference man. where barely any teams are. Oklahoma State right now is only favored by one against UCF, who has one Big 12 win. Oklahoma State is the favorite to go to the Big 12 championship up next to Texas. 
Now that was that was the clip from what I wanted to do is play kind of a dichotomy here. That's how he opened on on Monday, yesterday's press conference. You know, good to see you guys. He brings in a, a I don't want to say chipper, but every Monday he comes in with almost the the less emotional side of when he he greets you on Saturday with hands clasped and just disappointment. And we've got that here. Let, let's take you back to Saturday. Here's how he opened his press conference Saturday. It's uh, it's good to see you guys. It's it's a sad and uh, frustrated and really kind of broken um, locker room. And so it's um, all that's just very tough. Um, I told them I'm very appreciative and honored by their fight. I thought that uh, there was never any quit. And I thought that the team played hard uh, for each other and together. And so um, I'm proud of that. I'm disappointed in just the lack of execution, especially early in the game. There's opportunities. You know, I don't know how many times the ball was, you know, inside the five, and um, at the end of the drive, it's you know outside the twenty, and you just haven't been in games before when there really should have been seven, and if there's zero or even if there's three, where that doesn't come back and get you. And unfortunately, that was us. You know, today, I thought that um, you know our ability to play a complete game um, is almost a, a, a version or it's almost the halves kind of split us. I feel like defensively really kind of starting fast and, and being able to get people off uh, the field with some three and outs um, and then, you know, stopping the run. And then I think as the game went on, um, you know, the their offensive um, – structure uh, was more empty and everything else and they were able to get some runs defensively and we had to adjust and I thought there was fight there uh, but I thought we waned in in the final moments and I thought offensively um, we got better towards the end of the the game and we really needed some production in the beginning and so our ability to kind of play all systems firing and all cylinders turning and the whole thing um, is uh, it's disappointing to not have that with the emphasis and the focus on it. Um, you know, there's still a lot of football left. I know that there's, you know, there's been improvement, and it's hard to speak like this because it's, you know, I know it's so depressing, and I'm depressed too, and all this, and so I just I feel that. But there's been improvement, and it's to keep the focus on it, and to keep working on the things that we can control. And to be able to get, you know, the, the film to the practice field, right, to the game. And I thought there, there was times we were able to do that today from things that were, we were struggling with in the past. And so we're going to keep chopping away at that. And uh, we're going to keep the team together to do that. Take any questions you guys got. We're going to keep chopping away. Uh, my, questions. <laughs> my brother in Christ, it is week nine. Week ten, you have played... Ten weeks of football, one of them a bye, and we're just gonna keep chopping away. You know, chopping just, away. Man. We see improvement week by week. Still what got is, time. Like I, I'm, I'm writing down, <laughs> taking notes here of lines. But by the way, what was there improvement? No, was it any different you from? Did, I mean, they just played a worse you just team. Lost right? to yes. probably the worst team on your schedule. Yeah. You're the worst Big Twelve team on your schedule. Yeah. You just lost to maybe the worst Big Twelve maybe team on your Cincinnati. schedule. But yeah, at I home. mean. At home, I, I don't think Which the performance Aaron, was much different from Iowa State. Well, they just played a worse team. We have to remember, Aaron. <laughs> Playing at home is way harder than playing it's, on the road. It's it's, it's a bizarre world. Like every other coach loves playing at home, except Coach Aranda, who somehow manages to make it 
a disadvantage for Correct. his team. We need to. I don't catch, get it. There's not not who has home field disadvantage we except need to for Baylor. Create that road feeling at home. We need to make every home game feel like a road. Yeah, game. I mean, are we not giving enough tickets to the visitors? So, <laughs> so he says. You know, we've we've got to keep chipping away. Um, we got a lot of football left. Both of those things are not conducive with the schedule you have. Right. I would say, yeah, I would say the second part is not true mm-hmm. more than anything. Not a lot That's of football left there. It's subjective, sure. Um, he says, keep things we can control, you know, work on things that we can control. I, I heard what, that what last the, week. What were the, but what were the outside factors that lost them the game this week? Right. What, what was the uncontrollable? Because if it, if it was a it was the a refs call, you know, a wild taking away the touchdown. Oh, okay, I think uh, after reviewing it a, f- a few times, it's probably the right call. By the way, it it sucks. It jobs you a little bit, but then you miss the field goal. Was that an uncontrollable? Or the other field goal, by the way, was that uncontrollable? Missed a couple field goals. I just I would love to know what they are. I I think that's a natural follow up question. Okay, Dave, what what are the controllable? What are the uncontrollables that are causing these this team? Why to are lose? we saying this stuff? Why? Why are you saying that after you're you're now three and six with a team that won the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago? Saying you know we just got to keep working on things we can control. You're right. What What did you not control? What was out of your Line control? Of scrimmage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like every other week, he's honored by the team's fight. I feel like I've heard that one. Lack of uh, that's fine for me, but honored by honored by the team's fight. Uh, the no execution. Again, oh, heard that one. Again, have been there. They always feel like it's every week. Which every is that week. just a way to take the heat off his staff a little bit? He comes to the podium every, every week. We hear that. It and just says, didn't execute. It just felt like it was the lack of execution. Just the lack of execution. Does that tell me the game plan's good? And brother, I you know, I look, I'm gonna do the Mosley thing. I am rooting for the guy. I am rooting As for am the guy. I. And I don't nice want him guy. to be I don't want him personality wise to be fine. He, he's not a bad guy. I'm not looking at this guy. You know, there are people who who would look at Kim Mulkey and say, she is a mean person. Plenty of people in our industry. There are people who in this local media who did not that. like her because she would bite you. She was aggressive. She was, if you weren't on her good side, she would make she could make your life hell. If you want somebody fired for that purpose because, oh, their personality, which is the reason she's not at Baylor, by the way. Sure. Her personality. Yeah, over at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is it was a case of people just didn't like who she was. That is why she's not a Baylor right now. Mac Rhodes at, at the top of that. The Baylor administration at the top of they were not happy. Because what would the other excuse be? Correct. I mean, she's one of the top five coaches. Pretty ever easy in the sport. to deduce what's going on here. And, and like, and look, I get that though. Like, that's fine. She's already she said immediately, like, oh, I'm just this is a decision to go back home. And then has since told KWTX, one day I'll tell all. Here's the tell all is one day I will tell all. And so, to me, it's not like we're looking at a, at a Kim Mulkey and saying, you know, this guy's personality is not fit right. Baylor. This guy does not have it for Baylor. Instead, it's I'm rooting for who he is as a person. Great guy. Person over player is great. What about person and player? Mmm. Anybody? All Any takers? Lives. What about <laughs> player and player? Uh, it, it goes back to the, the guy that called in. Man, oh, I players I who are name. just decent human beings. Guy who called in and said, we can't have choir boys out there. There's too many choir boys playing for the Baylor football team. Then he goes, I, what sometimes there's always a minute of an Aranda opener and Aranda press conference where you think, I don't what's going on right now? Yes. Like you're like, I I know what these words mean individually, but what is happening? Where did what, I lose track what's of the point we're trying to make? When he go when he gives, he says, You start at the five, you end up at the twenty, and then there's seven, zero, three, and we've been in games. 
Uh, is I that code? Nothing, I got is nothing. that code? I know those numbers. I know what they... Well, and I, I don't know what they represent. Remember when they started at the <laughs> five and ended up at the twenty or the zero? Is that fi- is that your own five? Is that the opponent's five? And then sometimes there's seven, there's zero, there's three, and we've been in those games. <laughs> Am I the crazy one for not understanding so, the word vomit that has been given to us? So essentially, I think what that means is here's what I love. Look, by the we've way. been in the red zone. Sometimes we score a touchdown. Sometimes, sometimes we score, score a field goal. Sometimes we don't score anything. Never a touchdown without an extra point, but we've been in those games. And then he finishes. But you lose most of those games, by the way. Yes. As the season has shown, you're twice as likely to lose that game than you are to win. And then he says, <laughs> so, and he gives the whole, you know, I, he says, I know it's weird hearing this, which he's said a couple of times in postgame pressers because he continues to tell us this is a championship roster. So he'll say, I know it's weird hearing this. I am just... There was a point in time in Aranda's tenure where it wasn't coach speak, where it wasn't where sure. it, he had an originality where he says that it you enough, didn't man. get, but you're exact. You've nailed it. You nailed it. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. And, and you still might not be hearing a lot of these things from other coaches in the country, but when you hear it week in and week out from the exact same guy, at that point, it has just become some canned coach speak. Right. And I, I know he's uncomfortable speaking to canned the media. Canned rather than candid. It I know be, he's, it went from candid to canned. He's uncomfortable speaking to the media. That's that. Mm-hmm. He, the, a lot in, of coaches are. Yeah. If you're, this is public. I'm not saying anything you don't know. If you watch the press conference, you can see him looking like, right. somebody get me off stage. Somebody get me off stage. And uncomfortable in, I mean, to be fair, he could go the route of Bobby Knight like we talked about yesterday. Yeah. At least he doesn't freak um, out. Right. And so that's why that's what we say when we say, man, we want him to win. He's a nice guy. That's what we mean by it. Again, he could be a total and total hole, I but don't, he's not. I don't dog him for being uncomfortable in front of the media. That, that's just how some that's people just, are. They don't yeah. like the cameras and the microphones. But to say the same thing, every and then just the line, just the line, unfortunately, that was us. That's that's where you lose me. Unfortunately, it sounds week, like a James Joyce line or that something. That was us. People, that girls get tattooed on them. Like, unfortunately, that was us. Be you. <laughs> Hashtag. That's a great, you know, opening opening scene of the movie. There are three dead bodies in a pit. They pause the movie. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was us. You're probably wondering how we got. And here. then you go back to the start of the movie. That's what you. Hi, right, this is this is the Sugar Bowl champion, Big Twelve champion, Dave Aranda. Bet you're wondering how I got here. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was us. I just don't. Oh, he, it's, it keeps being. And again, you heard from the Monday press conference opens the same way. Lack of execution. Every if it if it's lack of execution every week, does that mean the coaches are getting it right? Does that That's mean the, what play, I'm the talent's still there? The Look, coaches guys, are perfect. We've got it. We we got this team figured out. Talent but these guys, the coaches, not good. there. It's 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 automatically what the the two things he said the most or that have been the most annoying this season contradict themselves. And that's that of saying we just didn't execute, which means we have a good game plan. And B, <laughs> we I think we have a championship roster here. And So then what is it? What is it? Another wildly frustrating part. Is it is, the game plan or is it them? Is it the championship roster that's not coming through? Or is it the championship coaching game plan that's not coming through? Which is it? This is, this is where I'll conclude. You might be listening in your car and thinking, these guys are being harsh on this guy. But if you listen yeah, to that press know. conference, the same press conference that Baylor fans have been given for the last two years, the last two years of, of this, this turmoil, if you will, no one, I, 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 I'm in the press conference looking around the room and everybody's just nodding their heads. Yep. Everybody's just nodding their heads. Yeah, I mean, the Aggie fan in the car who hasn't heard it before is like, man, they're killing this guy over this? Right. 
And but it has been two straight years of this. There are people who on Twitter or Facebook who, oh, give them a break. You know, this is so toxic. I would tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. If you don't, if you think this is toxic, mm. let me give you a week in Baton Rouge for Brian Kelly. Yeah. You think this is toxic? Let me take you down to Bryan College Station an hour and a half away and introduce <laughs> you to Jimbo Fisher. You think this? It's the Dabo's Collins show. You think the players and the coaches are being berated at Baylor? Let me introduce you to fans in the SEC. Let me introduce you to Ohio State or Michigan fans. They, they, it's not the half of it. I get tickled when they say and that. And I can't, I, I'm market. not going to excuse the ones who are hateful about it, but at some point, somebody has to listen to this interview and go, what are we talking about? What is, what are we doing? Where is the inspiration? Where is this program going? How is this guy the leader of what this program should be? When you hear this twice a week, for and there's no pushback. Years, there's no pushback. There's no dis, there's no dissent. There's no nobody's. We're just we all sit there. We nod our heads and go, yeah, he's right. Lack of execution. It was the same thing five weeks ago. Will continue to be the same thing. Let's talk about something good. Shohei Otani to the Texas Rangers, perchance. That's a real thing. It's a real good. thing. This good. is the Drake Toll Show. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. It's a top 20 women's basketball matchup in the Farrell Center Tuesday as Baylor hosts Utah. 6 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 6.30 tip-off Tuesday. Tune into Baylor women's basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. They know steak at Logan's Roadhouse. Everyone will find an entree they love at Logan's Roadhouse, including wood grill steaks, fall off the bone ribs, pork chops, burgers, sandwiches, soups and salads, salmon and shrimp, and those famous made-from-scratch yeast rolls. Dine in the casual dining room or in the bar where you can enjoy a signature cocktail or ice-cold beer. Logan's Roadhouse in the Central Texas Marketplace, Waco. Open every day at 11 and until 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday nights. Maya Fuel should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated, independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for their great pricing and quickest delivery, they also offer non-fee contract fuel. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107 or find them at mayafuels.net. That's mayafuels.net. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Security Bank of Texas proudly brings together the best of tradition and business partnership. Their dedicated team of professionals takes the time to understand your needs so they can deliver the banking experience you deserve. Whether it's personal banking, business banking, or something in between, they've got you covered. As a bank rooted in tradition, they're proud to serve the communities of Bell, Bosque, Coriel, and McLennan counties. Experience banking as it should be. Stop by today and discover the difference with Security Bank of Texas. FDIC insured and equal housing lender. The next time you need to rent or buy heavy equipment, remember West Rentals. At West Rentals, you'll find scissor lift, ditch witch, sky track, storage crates, skid steers, backhoe, power washer, jackhammer, jumping jack, and concrete trowels. Their goal is to meet all your needs from small jobs to large contracts. Locally owned and operated, West Rentals, 226 West Oak Street in West and at westrental.net. 
keep your energy costs low, seal your home or business with insulation from ProFoam Insulation. Whether you want spray foam insulation, retrofit insulation, blow-in insulation, or bat insulation, ProFoam Insulation is the team for the job. They can handle residential, commercial, and agricultural jobs. They're licensed and insured, offer free estimates, and lifetime warranties are also available. Family-owned and operated since 2017. ProFoam Insulation of Robinson, 254-640-1255, and ask for Matt. Billy Eilish brings us back in. That's a very interesting music video there, Aaron. Is it? <laughs> it's, it's something. It's, yeah, there's some stuff going on. It's something, in that yeah. Video. If you, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I p- would recommend enjoying with caution. <laughs> not, okay. in, not in a public space. <laughs> All right. Didn't know. Didn't know. She's uh, eccentric. Good word. Three three four six six two sixteen sixty. Two five four. I think it's two five four. Two five four six six two. I'm like, I don't know. Sure yeah, that's what it says on my sheet. From. Uh, big week this week. You're talking high school football playoffs starting this week. Cameron and I will be calling the Marlin Kearns game for yes. Texas Live. Texan Live. We should Texan probably know Live. the name of the company. Texan Texas Live. Live is your favorite place. Oh, Texan geez. Live yeah, is the one that pays us. Jose Cuervo, you, you are pay a Texan, of mine. Texas Live. Texan Live pays us. That's right. Thursday, you and I'll be on that call on Texan Live, and then Friday, China call in Spring. about Kearns, please. Yeah, Kearns and Marlin. And Marlin. Got to learn a little <laughs> bit about those two schools. Marlin very good at football. Kearns is Kearns. They're going to be. They're going to be all right. They're in the playoffs. Yes, they are. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's maybe not all I know. slightly more importantly than Texas high school football is the Texas Rangers being the favorite. This isn't just a, oh, I would love some parts of Rangers Texas sign Shohei Otani. They are the favorite to land one of the biggest free agents of all time. Of all time. Are you putting the asterisk at the end of it? What is the, the favorites, asterisk? not the biggest free agent of all time. Why would I put the asterisk at the end of it? Because John Heyman said they're the favorites with two other teams. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yes. And basically he said, oh, yeah, the Rangers like to spend money, and they almost traded for Otani on July 31st. So this is, well, they're the here, favorites. The Washington Post have the Rangers at 6-1 to one odds, which is number one, along with the Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, that's from Heyman, yeah. Who are right up there. They got a taste of winning and are unafraid to spend and made their first cut six years ago. Word is they were ready to go for Otani at midseason. Otani, the American League MVP. Torn UCL, so he will not pitch this next season. Second UCL injury, by the way. Ah, what? Who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> Who's counting? It will be the insurance be back, policies. He'll be back to pitch in 2025. He was 10 and five with a 3.14 ERA, batted 3.04 with 44 home runs, and 95 RBI as a DH. 
So you just got rid of Mitch Garver. We found out yesterday, not a lot of Mitch Garver going on in Texas Rangers land anymore. Nope. Meaning no. you're going to replace Mitch Garver. With a $500 million DH. Mitch Garver with Shohei Otani. And they're going to say, that's a lot of money, right? And the Rangers will say, what, is, what does that even mean? Texas Live's out <laughs> right? here popping. we got this new stadium. We've been selling tickets now. We won a World Series. Money's no object. You should object. see the t-shirt sales. It's Money's no object. Last night, $10 t-shirts outside of, outside of the arena. $10 t-shirts, Rangers championship t-shirts to, outside of- You had to pry me away from getting some- American Airlines. You were for buying running four over kids, and all these different sizes so that I could elderly. get fat and still wear it. We yeah. got uh, Tony on the CMC Auto Group phone line to talk oh. Otani to the Rangers. Tony, welcome back to the Drake Toll Show. Afternoon, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Good to be with you. Tony, late call today. Usually it's like a 12-15 for you. 12-49, well, man. Well, yeah. Well, y'all were talking about Baylor, and there's not a whole lot to say there. Um, not a whole lot good to say. Yeah. We, yeah, not a whole, yeah. I was always told if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, we broke um, that rule today. <laughs> we did. And since we're on that subject, I will say that these that these uh, that these um, press conferences are reminding me a lot like John Saltz trying to talk about how the D-backs are going to take the series to nine games. Oh, uh, did you see somebody photoshopped a picture of John Smoltz at uh, in Philadelphia at the, at the at the Dallas Cowboys Philadelphia Eagles game? <laughs> it gets better and better, Tony. John Smoltz is the worst. Yeah, he he was, but I did not call to to talk about how bad <laughs> Baylor football is and how bad John Smoltz is. Uh, I did talk call to talk about how I. I yeah, I kind of already touched upon it. Cameron especially brought it up about a fifty million a year DH. Yeah, we don't we don't know if he's ever going to pitch again. And I'm not denying that point. he is a bad, 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 bad man. But for fifty million, couldn't we find? I hate to moneyball this, but find two or three other players that maybe a starting pitching piece that we know will pitch next year. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I, I don't know. I just that's where I'm at. It's a big I risk. Have, I do. I do have one more thing to say. I apologize, and mm-hmm. this is going to be more esoteric. Uh, but I do also enjoy because I actually live in China Spring. Enjoy y'all two calling the China Spring games. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be at Arlington again this year, mm-hmm. but you never know. But two in a two in a row is not too bad. So. Uh, uh, that, could that's do worse. More we'll have to settle than what I originally had called for. So yeah. Tony, man, thanks for your call today. Uh, always a pleasure to hear from you, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Yes, sir. Now, money. Talking money here. Yes. Makes money, the world money, go money, money, money. Get money. away. The Rangers have already picked up the option for Jose LeClerc and Andrew Heaney. So we know both those guys are back. Which we love. So Because <laughs> I was going to jump into a point of the Rangers need to focus on the bullpen. To Tony's sure. point here, to Tony's point, if if you take $50 million and get two just scratch bullpen pieces, this might be the best team in baseball. Already offensively, you're teetering toward the top three or top five. You've solidified that with a massive offensive yeah. run in the postseason. You have an unbelievable starting pitching rotation, just nuts. Now it's the bullpen that needs to be anchored, less so than having a show, hey, to me, less so than having another just all-star hitter. Well, the point with, I, I liked his point about, you know, he's not going to pitch this year, and he might not pitch again. He's 30. Again, this is the second UCL injury that he's had to have surgery for. And 
you talk about the good starting rotation for the Rangers. That's true. But in the 25 season, the offseason after next year, you're in the market for starting pitching. Yeah. Because you haven't developed it, and these guys aren't young. You'll have John Gray, but Evaldi, and obviously expect Montgomery to be gone, mm-hmm. um, Scherzer and DeGrom. You'll have DeGrom under contract, but you're going to be in the market for a starting pitcher. And going above 30 for two UCL injuries is is just not going to be worth the money, I think, for a team like the Rangers versus a team that does develop young starting pitching, which, you know, San Francisco hasn't really done that recently. They're another favorite for them. Obviously, the Dodgers are still one of the favorites, and they can spend the money. Uh, It becomes a lot more worth it for them to say, yes, obviously the $500 million price tag is because he's arguably the best pitcher and the best hitter in the league. But it might be more worth it for a team like the Dodgers to say, well, we'll spend that on a DH. Yeah. Sure. And I just don't know if the worth is there for the Rangers, even though he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's he's one of the, I mean, he's one of the most versatile players ever to play. He could be a Hall of Famer. He, he could is, be a Hall of Famer. He is in a, I would say Corey Seager's a Hall of Famer over Shohei Otani as we speak. Uh, you said he's 30. I mean, yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah, taking I mean, he's your also going to win his second MVP award. Taking your logic from yesterday. I don't know. Corey Seager could dethrone him. He won't. It'll be Otani. But you're looking. You're you're right. You're looking at a guy where the the big and price pl- tag, the big price tag on on Otani, is that he can pitch. You're getting correct. A, That's why he's, he's going to shatter the records for for contract. But if he wasn't a pitcher, as in he's too old, he's not going to throw again. Are you paying fifty million a year for DH for Aaron Judge? Yeah. Are you paying fifty million a year for Aaron Judge? I. Couldn't do it. If you and told Judge me, is actually in a very similar situation. The Yankees re-signed him last year in his age 30 season. That's what I'm saying. If if you told me tomorrow, yeah, the Rangers are really gunning for Aaron Judge. Whoa. I don't like, need that. Eh. I don't need that. Juice ain't worth the squeeze. What's the point there? What's the point? You've already got a really good, I mean, your, your, your locker room chemistry is great. You've built a World Series caliber team. You can offload some of the pieces, a la Eteroldis Chapman, that you don't feel like you need next season. And to me, with a Jordan Montgomery likely gone. Cardinals are in the mix. Cardinals are in the mix. The Red Sox in the mix. Uh, The Mets also reportedly want Jordan Mm -hmm. Montgomery. That knowledge, now you go after one other solid arm and a couple of bullpen pieces for the price you could have gotten Otani for because the issue right now is certainly not the offense. Sure. And and the thing with this too that it reminds me of, look, you got to stick with me on this one. The Rangers are obviously, obviously not even close to the situation they were in in 2001. Okay? They made a big deal that year. They got the biggest free agent on the market. They gave him the biggest contract in baseball history at the time. And two years later, they had to trade him because they were in last place and he was just sucking up all of their payroll. And they weren't getting anywhere. So obviously, the Rangers aren't in that position right now. But with the contracts you already have on the books, and this one would put you over the luxury tax, in three years, you're, you could be close to that situation. If you bring in Otani for the biggest contract ever, you could be in that scenario mm-hmm. where you are having to cut bait and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't overpay uh, some role guys for your team. And suddenly the yeah. Shohei Otani contract becomes the Alex Rodriguez. And if you, said, if, you t- if you told me, all right, you can have Shohei Otani, but you have to trade Corey Seager. No. no. Marcus Simeon. No. No. John Gray? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know that that right. happens. All right. You win. I don't know that that happens. You can have John Gray. I'll give it to you. And you, when you think about the but, next... And, and look, these guys, these guys I'm going to mention aren't going to have huge contracts, I don't think. Maybe they will. But if you're playing this out and you're still paying Seager, Gray, Simeon, and Otani, what happens when Josh Young becomes arbitration eligible? Yeah. And a free agent. Or Evan Carter. I think again, Nathaniel Lowe should be a lifetime ranger. Jonah Heim. After he won after he won the parade. And was at the Stars game last night. Wyatt Langford. You got a lot you got time, a lot of time on Wyatt Langford and Evan Carter. But but, but, yeah. But you're gonna lock these guys up for a long time. Yeah. That's four or five years from now, and you're still paying all four of those guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's it just doesn't make it sustainable to keep winning. And maybe and maybe the Rangers fan is thinking Okay, I don't care if we don't have a ten-year run where we make the playoffs every year. If we win three out of four World Series, I'll take that with Shohei Otani. Yeah. Maybe that's the way you think. But I just don't think you. I, it, you didn't see it make a big difference for the Angels. Luxury when they had the tax. Two best players in baseball, right? And the luxury tax penalty is, it, it's really kind of even the playing field in MLB as much as they could without a salary cap because it it then make. I'm seeing it with the Red Sox right now. It's making you work like a small market team when you go over that luxury tax yeah. the way we see it in the NBA and the NHL and the NFL of uh, hitting that salary cap where you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, that's that's what the luxury tax already looks like and will only get worse in the next three or four years if you can't manage that, which obviously they'd be way over. If they get yes. It's, uh, a, it's yeah. a short, I think they're very short term. 27 million under the luxury right now, but with Otani, it would, there's not. No. I mean, no. yeah, you're doubling that in AAV. You paid Shohei Otani 26 million for next year. <laughs> uh, he would just, he would yeah, scoff. Yeah, it would be, it would be. His translator a, uh, would relay that. Contract. His translator would relay that to him and he would laugh. I just don't, I don't believe that it would that be nice. is the piece sure. that you bring in to win more World Series. Especially when you just saw where the holes were with the team. The, I mean, the bullpen. No, yeah, I mean, no team that is a World Series caliber team makes a move like that. You don't that need to, to make a monumental move. Right. You don't need to. Everything's fine, and you're not losing. And maybe the Dodgers will, but they don't need to make that move. No. Well, maybe to get past the division series, although Otani's never done that. You're just, you're not losing enough of your core from a World Series team to justify a move like this. Thesis. End of story. End of story. Coming up. He's fun, though. The Dallas Cowboys certainly couldn't justify making a move. No more offensive weapons. No more pieces for a Cowboys offense that just needs to bench these two players. This is the Drake Toll Show. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Prescott runs up out of the pocket and runs right. Only heard here. Looking downfield. All season. Touchdown. C.D. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the New York Giants live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Giants, Sunday starting with the pregame at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. 
Hi, I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. It's that time of year. It's football season, and Bird Colgen Ford is a proud supporter of the best high school football teams right here in Central Texas. BK Ford is proud to sell the number one truck in Texas, the F-Series truck, led by our leading rusher, the F-150, 46 years in a row. Come to the largest showroom in Texas and experience better at Bird Colgen Ford. Attention, the information you're about to hear could save your life if you act soon. An electromagnetic pulse would destroy all electronic devices, including phones, cars, and the power grid, forcing the nation into anarchy. With everyone dependent on technology, an electromagnetic pulse, or EMP, will be the ideal way to take control of a nation. Don't leave your family totally vulnerable to enemies after an attack. Go to ggempprotection.com before it's too late. That's ggempprotection.com. Hi, this is Chuck Morgan of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the home of Baylor Athletics and Rangers Baseball. ESPN Central Texas. Hugs from patients, like Patrick. It's something QC Kinetics medical professionals experience every day. I hugged them. You should hug somebody who does that for you. They gave me my life back, and I really didn't know where I was going to go because I was definitely afraid of having a knee replacement done. No surgery, no downtime with QC Kinetics regenerative treatments. They give patients relief from joint pain using their own healing properties to repair and restore damaged tissue. And the results? Well, that's why we see a lot of hugs at QC Kinetics. Everything is back that I thought I was never going to be able to do again. I'm still smiling and Sometimes it gets emotional. I get a tear in my eye because of how I was before I went in there. Those smiles and hugs never get old at QC Kinetics. It means patients are finally getting relief. And now it's your turn. Call QC Kinetics today for your complimentary consultation and see if you're a good candidate for these amazing treatments. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch, like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh-squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch, La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. hour on the Drake Toll Show. Back in Arkansas, you go down to Bossier City, just outside of Shreveport, if you were looking for a good time. Choctaw. Couldn't get get in Arkansas? Choctaw right up there. You could not get a good time in Arkansas. You know where I grew up? My uh, my town, we were in a dry county. Mm, And I I don't, if you haven't lived in a dry county, I'm not sure you can fully understand the extent that these counties go to keep themselves dry. Like you walk into a gas station here, Rain you see, and, oh. you know, any section of of various alcohol drinks. 
Go to a dry county? I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not a drop. You're telling me they don't have alcohol in dry counties? And the idea is that what you're trying to tell me of even getting a beer at a restaurant? It just doesn't happen. The culture is so different in the dry. So what you do so, is you take your happy butt down to Bossier City, Shreveport, <laughs> casinos, you know, a little nightlife, and what Mama don't know don't hurt her. Wow. We so we got a beer at a Chili's in Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, yeah, we did. Yeah, but you can't get one in your hometown. I, if you, you, you can't even is, like go out to watch the game. When you go to Volonia, Arkansas, there is not one place, not one place in the whole town, not a restaurant, not a gas station, not a bar, nothing. They don't exist. There aren't places that are, bar- they, they don't have bars. Anywhere in the county, there's not a bar. There are I don't like that. restaurants that sell alcohol. You could go to Chili's and get a beer in Conway. But okay. in the town of Valonia, you are in the town of Valonia, where I, where I live. I guess where that I, works. In my house, you are 20 minutes away from a drop of alcohol at any point in time. Dang, that close, huh? Dry County. Uh, bring, as we bring us back into the 1 o'clock here, you know, we had missed Aaron yesterday. And this is something that, for me, growing up, in our household, we had, at any point in time, between two and five dogs. That was our, we Harry. were, so like when I think about my childhood dogs, that's what I, that's what I think about uh, being a kid. Um, and it's something that you know, Ward White said, I had a conversation off the air for a lot of people. That's, that's what you have to, to look forward to. You, you, you go home and whether you have kids or you have siblings, parents, they don't wag a tail and greet you at the door. They shouldn't. <laughs> that's true. Least. Yeah. And Aaron Most being out of the studio yesterday true. was something that I'll let him share about, but want to give him a moment to, to unpack because it's one of the most impactful things that I've gone through in my life. I know it was for you too, Aaron. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, my dog, Gibbs, who I've had, he was 12, and I got him when he was not a puppy, but I, know, I guess seven, eight months old. Um, he passed away yesterday. and It was all those things you talked about. You know, that same with my family growing up. We always had at least one dog uh, for the majority of it, two, and a cat um, almost the whole time. And so my whole life we've had dogs, but Gibbs was my dog. You know, he was right. the only dog I've ever had. And you're right, man. That's the, like last night happened yesterday afternoon. Last night was weird because I would go around corners where he would always be waiting. You know, if I went to the kitchen, he'd be right behind me because he knew he'd get a snack. And it's going to be weird going home today. That's, that's going to be the hardest part, yeah. you know, opening the door and him not jumping on me and being ready to see me and go outside and all that stuff. But, you know, we know when we get them, it's only, it's only temporary. That's the tough part, but. It's worth it because they're they're just they're just great, you know. Yeah, they're better than we deserve. I think. Yeah, no, that's true. Nothing like and, that's and true. Lark said it yesterday. Lark said that when he and his wife first got married, they got a dog. One of the first things they did is that their first kid was a dog. And yeah, that checks out. Said that fourteen years later, when that dog passed away, said that never get a dog again. Never get a dog. Couldn't do that. That's, he said I just there was not oh, said I don't have the capacity to with withstand that again. Um, and that was us, you know, I, I remember I was in college really when my fur had moved away when my first childhood dog died and just, had I not had that level of separation, it would have been devastating. It would have been devastating. That to me is, is such a great, and and Scott Van Pelt did a really good eulogy to his dog. Now what? Probably three or four months ago. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we don't talk about it a lot. We don't talk about animals or pets too much. But legitimately, that that's that was They're such the a mainstays in your life. Such a big part of yeah. because you, people will always disappoint you. People will always disappoint you. Sure, but you can clean up a pee spot. 
You know, you can do that. You can clean up a pee spot and that dog is going to love you just just the same, you know. And I'm not exaggerating one bit when I say my favorite thing to do after work was to go home on my couch with my dog laying in my lap and watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Yes. It would have to be a great sporting event for me to say, okay, I'd rather do that. Right. Or or something, you know, big big with a family like Thanksgiving. If not, that was where I was. And I'm I'm really going to miss that too. Yeah. Hey, honey. The history of the Roman Empire is on. That's just me scrolling through YouTube. Like, did Alexander Graham Bell actually invent the light bulb? Great question. I don't know. Well, I don't think he did. You're going to find out sure. tonight yeah. in seven and a half minutes. I'm here to find out. Cam's right. It wasn't just like, yes, yeah, Thomas Edison, end of video, roll credits. <laughs> Antonio Mucci invented the telephone. He was robbed. Everybody knows that. That's the one. That's the one where it wasn't Bell. That's one of my favorite all-time clips from um, The Sopranos. Well, Aaron, Alexander Graham Bell supposedly, and there's pretty good evidence that he stole a lot of inventions from a lot of people. Ah, who's the counting? greatest inventors do? Who's counting? Edison right. definitely did. Uh, well, Aaron, our thoughts were with you yesterday, and certainly we all understood. Um, surprise, you're back in today, because something like that Honestly, is yeah. truly, we, and again, we don't talk about it enough, that, that rocks you. For me, it was much better to be at work and be busy than to mm-hmm. be at home sure. where he wasn't and yeah. thinking about it all day. So yeah. I, I was ready to come back. It, yesterday was tough, but you know, I mean, I got to be with it. He got really sick the last this weekend. I got to be with him the whole last day, and I got to be with him at the very end. So it, it's about the best you can ask for. Yeah. yeah, he was he was great. I'll miss him. Glad to have you back, Aaron. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. You know, asking. Absolutely. Now, no clean segue, but <laughs> yeah, thanks. But do want to jump into a bit of a conversation that you and I had off air. This was. I've, I've had this conversation with friend, buddies who are Cowboys fans off air. Mm-hmm. With We have decided, fairly certain, that Dak is not the complete issue. That when Jerry Jones comes out and says, you know, we still have full confidence, full faith in our quarterback, that sure, it seems a little tone deaf and doesn't need to be said, but fine. He hasn't been the reason the Cowboys have lost, at least this last game. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument about San Francisco where turnovers were an issue. You can make an argument about... Arizona, where everything went wrong for you. To me, the buck stops here at this point. I, I'm going to hold out a little bit for Tony Pollard, who I you can't give up on him. You can't give up on now. You've already well, yeah. You, I mean, you're in. You're you kicked Zeke you're out in. for this guy, and he hasn't delivered without his compliment. We had that conversation yesterday. Now today, I want to turn to Jalen Tolbert, who is my new saving grace, and Jake Ferguson, white guy tied in number eighty something, who is my new saving. Who grace. Who had that three weeks ago? And it is time, it is time to not let Brandon Cooks, to not let Michael Gallup see the field again. I'm done, man. I'm done. They do nothing but give you dead weight out there. And there are no, you can make a case for some receiver. When C.D. Lamb has a bad week, you say, all right, they were targeting. The the secondary was targeting C.D. Lamb. When Brandon Cooks has a bad week, it wasn't because the secondary or anybody else was drawing up a special game plan for Brandon Cooks. It's just because he's not that good. Yeah, I mean, his his best days are behind him, I would say. And it feels almost weird because I, I, again, lay most of the blame on GM Jerry, uh, to be honest with you, on this team's shortcomings. You can call him that. Obviously, still a good record, still a playoff team. But the problem of not beating good teams still is there. And it almost feels like he had two different windows if this makes sense. Like okay. he had he had the weapons a few years ago, right? 
You had Zeke and a young Tony Pollard. He yeah. had Amari Cooper. He had Michael Gallup when he could still play. Um, Dalton Schultz and a young C.D. Lamb. He had all these guys. And the defense didn't have it put together. And now he's got these playmakers on defense, right? These, these ball hawks. Even when you thought their best ball hawk was done, they get another one that steps up in there. You got um, a good defensive line that's been good against the run. And now you don't have the weapons. It's like, it, yeah. it just, it's a failure to launch in terms of how they have built this team around its personnel. And again, you're going to, they're going to be bullies. You're going to see them beat, beat up on the Rams and, and the Chargers and those teams of the world. But it's not going to be enough to beat a San Francisco, to beat a Philadelphia. They'll, you know, they'll beat the crap out of the Giants again. They'll beat the football team, sure. But when it's even a team like Detroit in the first round, yeah, I mean, that's pause for concern, man. I don't know that they could beat Detroit in a playoff game tomorrow. This text at 254-662-1660. Another team that's not what it was three weeks ago, but yeah. 254-662-1660. Jerry Jones putting his ego over winning is the reason the Cowboys haven't won since oh, Jones a new one. pushed out Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, that, and that was... <laughs> They did win one after years that, ago. Yeah, uh, he would rather die without a Super Bowl ring than have a Super Bowl ring with anyone else getting the credit. As it Fresh sits, <laughs> he is right. This is nothing new. They were having the same yeah. conversation in 2010. It's just drug on now for 20 years. Yeah. Of Jerry Jones is not putting this organization in a position to win. It, it feels so obvious from the outside where the holes are. Offensively right now for the Cowboys, Tony Pollard has played in eight games, had 474 yards rushing. That's bare. You're looking at just over 50 yards per game and two touchdowns, two touchdowns on the ground. He has a fumble and two touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's our fumble. The touchdown ratio is not doing great. In week eight. <laughs> not terrific. Throw no. that one out. Rico Dowdle, right? What, what's the compliment to Tony Ooh. Pollard? 35 carries in eight games for 133 yards. Averages 3.8 yards per carry through eight games. His longest rush this year is 10 yards. 16.6 yards per game. Dak has almost as many rushing yards per game as Rico Dowdle. What's the point? What's the point? You can't, you just can't be a one horse running attack in this league anymore. Receiving, receiving. Not without in a Patrick Mahomes. Question, question. CeeDee Lamb, the number one receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Obvious. 103 yards per game. He's put to bed the, the argument that he was just, that he'd lost it, wasn't an A1 receiver. He's played a lot better the last couple of weeks. Couple weeks been good. Yeah, but yeah. against Philadelphia. Guess who the number two pass catcher is for the Dallas Cowboys? Tony Pollard. It's Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Oh, man. I was, I was thinking him, but I wanted to go And it bold. only happened <laughs> recently. He just, his last two weeks being as strong as they were, has it because it doesn't take much. You can have two good games, two elite games, and pick up 300 yards receiving, right? Jake sure. Ferguson yep. through eight games has 328. That's 41. Hear me out here. That's 41 rushing yard, receiving yards per game through eight games. He's the second, second best weapon the Cowboys have in the passing game. Well, that's fine if you're, if you're going to just wear teams out in the run game, right? Correct. <laughs> Which the Cowboys have done so well. Still not that great, but with yeah. Pollard's fifty-nine rushing yards per game, Michael Gallup. Oh, I'm so done. Eight games, twenty-two receptions, thirty-eight targets. 
Hey, uh, CD Lamb has 72 targets, 57 receptions. That's a 15. That, that, that's a difference of 15. Michael Gallup, 38 targets, difference 22 receptions. Difference of 16. Very nicely done. Two a game. Is that good or bad? Not great. No. No. Not great. And you are okay with it if he makes up for it in yards or in being a touchdown threat, a red zone threat, but he's obviously not that either. It's Jim Jerry, man. And I think maybe the most important part on the roster that Jerry can never get right is one we haven't talked about yet. He hasn't hired a good head coach in 30 years. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and I mean, I mean, he has hired good head coaches. Okay. A head coach that is going to take you there. We're coming, we're coming after Mike McCarthy. You're, are you I'm, saying? I've never been a McCarthy guy. All right. All right. Uh, and, and, I mean, this goes back to Green Bay. I don't think there's anyone who's done less with more than Mike McCarthy in the last decade and a half. It would take, I'm going to give you this one too, it would take Mike McCarthy winning a Super Bowl with the Cowboys to be a Dallas Cowboy, and even then, it would still feel weird. To me, as somebody yeah. who grew up not in a Cowboys household, but kind of a Cowboys household adjacent, we watched him a lot because it's what was on TV. Our you know one little box TV had the antennas, CBS, and it would just Fox Cowboys games. And... Just feel it doesn't ever feel like oh yeah Mike McCarthy he's a man of the Cowboys he is the Dallas Cowboys no no now had you brought in a Dan Campbell oh buddy you think that's Dallas you think that screams Give Dallas Dan Cowboys Cam- it's a, it's almost you think two. this is the guy who should have the same job that Tom Landry did it's almost too blue collar Dan <laughs> Campbell's almost too blue collar I think it probably is to be a Dallas Cowboy head coach Bill but Parcells he would win. that was the Cowboys head coach. but he would win and he didn't win <laughs> I think Dan Campbell. And, and there are other head coaches where you look at, like a, a Sean Payton. If you're Jerry Jones this offseason, do you, the opportunity presents itself, take a Sean Payton over a Mike McCarthy? This upcoming offseason, you're saying? I'm or saying this when past offseason okay, yeah, when the option back, was yeah. fairly on the table. I mean, the hindsight is 2020. to people saying this. I would rather have Sean Payton as my head coach, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're that dissimilar, but I like Peyton's philosophy. And certainly he's struggling this year with a much worse roster right. than what the Dallas right. Cowboys right. have as well. Yeah. And it wasn't a much, put much worse deck to deal with. A great situation. I remember I mean you remember the Lincoln Riley rumors years ago? Yeah. Would anyone have been actually upset yeah. at that? Yeah. Why? It's the Cliff Kingsbury and it didn't work out. That experiment does not work but out. But he was better than Cliff Kingsbury. 90% college. of college coaches that go from head coach in college he to takes head coach a chance. In the NFL, he's doing these retreads. Uh, I would rather have Mike McCarthy than him than over oh. But, but that wasn't the option. It was it was Lincoln Riley or Jason Garrett. At that point, I consider. <laughs> with you with win. I mean, this is this is early in the days of this is probably second year two or year three of Dak and and Zeke Elliott together. I would have taken him in a heartbeat. Now, obviously, like you say, the hindsight's not great. I don't know that he would have been a successful head coach, but at the time, he was a popping head coach and. In college football, he was the quarterback whisperer. Yeah. Absolutely, I would have taken that tell you that every time. play that he'd ever but called against yeah, every opponent. It's just now, it's just these, re- like, who's next? Bad at making barbecue. If you got rid of no. Mike McCarthy this year, who is it? And if McCarthy doesn't Urban win in the Meyer. postseason, if he doesn't win in the postseason, you've got to, you have to make a change. That's one that you, if the Dallas Cowboys finish 11-6 and six and, and lose it, and in is the it, divisional is it round, Dan Quinn, card then you've got it. You probably got to go. Who's, who's ran a great, great defense this Dan year? Dan Quinn, who's Quinn. been to the Super Bowl at least. With he the has Atlanta been to the Falcons. Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Coming up.
Blake Blackmar, former Baylor football player, joins the show. We're talking about practice. That's right, it's practice. Is this whole ones and twos thing normal? This is the Drake Toll Show. The Bears have a key road test in Manhattan, Kansas this Saturday against defending Big 12 champion Kansas State. High noon for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. 2 p.m. kickoff. Join John, JJ, and Ricky for every play of the Bears and the Wildcats from the Little Apple this Saturday, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey folks, Jared Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'd like to thank everyone that supports JTC and that our family values your business. Our new inventory is growing daily and our used car inventory is stacking high. So give us the opportunity to earn your business with transparency and zero hidden fees. So give us a call, 254-840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Find new roads. Great food and a hometown atmosphere is what customers love about Rocket Cafe. Popular breakfast choices are the Hungry Man Special. Two pancakes, two eggs, bacon, and hash browns. And the Rocket Breakfast Burritos, sausage, bacon, eggs, cheese, and potatoes. And daily lunch specials include free dessert. And check out the Rocket Burgers with their one-third pound fresh, never-frozen patties. Rocket Cafe is only open Friday nights for home games, and that night features their famous all-you-can-eat catfish special. A Robinson tradition, Rocket Cafe. The Lorena Athletic Association meets the first Monday of each month and they invite all supporters of the Leopards and Lady Leopards to become members and attend the meetings. Each year, all volunteer Lorena Athletic Association awards college scholarships to deserving Lorena ISD graduating senior student athletes. They also provide needed items each year from the high school and junior high coaches wishes list. The Lorena Athletic Association is seeking volunteers to work concession stands at home sporting events. Call Lorena High School for more information or check them out on Facebook. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Built to do more for less. That's the way we roll. With our new Kubota BX1880 package from WC Tractor. This four-wheel drive tractor is neatly packaged with loader, bucket, and shredder. For as little as $2.99 a month, take care of landscaping, gardening, and general maintenance without breaking the bank. Think of all the jobs you can do with your new Kubota. Payments are valid now through December 31st. Visit WCKubota.com or go to KubotaUSA.com for more info. Road trip! Take a road trip to Genco. Skip your car payments for 70 days. Refi your vehicle. Drop your rate. Every closed loan is entered for a chance to change their loan rate to 0%. Rates as low as 5.69% APR for 48 months. Apply online for an additional discount of 0.15% off your loan. Last chance of the year to get your best rate ever. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. For more information, go to GencoSCU.org. Member NCUA. Brazos Valley Golf and Battery is a locally owned and operated sales specialist in Robinson, Texas. They carry new and refurbished automotive, commercial lawnmower, marine RV, and power sport batteries at better prices than any of the national chains. Need your battery checked? Visit Tommy and he'll do it for free. They also carry new and used golf carts, cart accessories, and do custom golf carts as well. Shop local, Brazos Golf and Battery on 77 in Robinson. Look them up on Facebook or Google Brazos Golf and Battery. Give me that old time screaming and shouting. Go up, tell it on the mountain. Faith too strong to be left out in the way of the trying God. I don't need. 
Tyler Childers bringing us back to the Drake Toll Show. Cameron Seward across the room. Aaron Sexton runs the board. The most expensive concert I've ever been to. You hear that very song live at Red Rocks? That was like half a World Series ticket. Yeah. Yep, you got that one right. That's why you didn't bat an eye when we paid for the tickets last night. Yeah, no kidding. So, Cam, we talked to Christoph Henley yesterday, who brought us through some of the practice styles of Dave Aranda and the Baylor football program and gave us some perspective on what he believes the, the trajectory of the program should be or needs to be. And he was very positive about Baylor. I know this guy is too, but I want to get a second perspective on how a football practice works, how a, an organization works, and and even Baylor, and what it was like for Blake Blackmar, who played for the Bears. But Blake, first, man, I, I see what you've been cooking up. I see all these tailgates, the brisket that is so anti-Lincoln Riley. Uh, man, for those who have not gotten to catch up with you post-football, give me, since you got away from Baylor, what life has been like for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I went and had a... Uh... Had a, had a couple months out in Chicago with the Bears, and then once I uh, got done with all that stuff, moved back to Texas, got married, got a dog, got a big barbecue pit on a trailer, and got a job and got real domestic. And it's been uh, been it's been a lot of fun ever since. But right now, I live outside of Austin, work for a cybersecurity company, but I go back to Waco for all the home games and run a big tailgate, and uh, you know just try to spend as much time as possible cooking barbecue and drinking beer and hanging out with good people. That, yep. Yeah. All right. Sign me up. You win. That's man, it. I'm That's, in. <laughs> Sold. Convinced me. Um, Blake, for you, man, I, I know that you've been very passionate and outspoken about your support for Baylor football. One of the people who brings, you're one of those who brings level-headed takes that come from a positive Baylor perspective. You support the Bears. It's not to demean anybody, the opinions you bring. Right. And... I need more perspective. We need more perspective on how a football team practices, whether that's Baylor, whether it's it's like when you think about progression of young athletes or young football players, what does that look like? Or what should it look like within a program, especially in the regular season? Yeah, so that's an interesting uh, – it's an interesting and evolving, I guess, uh, take. Yeah. Now that like, back when I played, you know, if you played one snap, you blew your redshirt year, right? Mm-hmm. And then – now you can play like three to four games and still keep a red shirt. You have the transfer portal. There's all kinds of other things that were not uh, available to us when we played. Trust me, if it, NIL was around, I would have been the face of Sweet Baby Rays or something. Yep. But um, back in, you know, when I was playing and it was pretty standard, like unless you're a stud, you pretty much come in, you do your red shirt year and you're there, you're on scout team and essentially you are used as the, um, you're running plays off cards for the for the defense or the offense, and half of your practice is basically being a mobile blocking dummy, running plays at full speed, uh, not trying to take anyone to the ground, but getting getting live reps as an 18-year-old against 20, 21, 22-year-old guys who have been starting for a couple of years. That's that's where a lot of like player development, as far as like learning the speed of the game. Mm-hmm learning, you know, kind of like your strengths, how to play with controlled aggression, things like that really take place, uh, at least for the young guys. And there's definitely a – you can see who takes advantage of those reps on scout team and who kind of shies away and doesn't, you know, doesn't try to do too much because they, you know, either they're scared or they don't want to – they just don't want to play scout team. And it's always 
it's fun. It's fun for the future of the program when your scout team starts breaking a few off on the defensive, uh, on the one defense. You get a couple of explosive plays. You have some receivers getting beat or beating cornerbacks over the top. But it's a bad day uh, of practice for the defense, especially leading up to the game. So, you uh, the the script the script tends to change when that happens to make sure the defense ends on a a strong note. When I came in uh, under Bryles, it was like, yeah, we ran pretty much, uh, you know, because we we had a lot of team periods under Coach Bryles, yeah. and essentially you come in and the way the way most practices are scheduled doesn't matter if it's Bryles rule. Pretty much any college practice is set up at where you come in, you do individual warm up, some kind of inside run, which is usually good on good, one versus twos or ones on ones, and uh, then you go into like more individual, and then you have install, which is where you're going to have the third, uh, the scout team out there running cards like on ha- at half speed or kind of like run through. And then you have, you know, maybe some special teams periods, and then you finish off with team. And team is, for the most part, going to be uh, the 1D and the 2D and the 1O and the two first and second team going against the scout team, uh, trying to get as many full-speed reps as possible against the, the looks you're expecting to see. Sometimes you get those run in with, like, you'll run – if you – depending, this is, like, a very much week-to-week coach thing, but sometimes yeah. you'll run those, like, that you might have the second team defense running for the first team offense. If you just need to like, you know, get a little bit of that good old fashioned iron sharpens iron in you. Yeah. Uh, that, that definitely happened when, when rule came in and there was just like, well, a, we had less bodies because there was less recruiting class, but also we were, you know, we were losing a lot of games and it was very much a, Hey, we're going to have the, you know, we need to get as much good on good action just to see, who's going to fight, who's got fight, who's going to quit on their team, stuff like that. But in general, when you come in as a young player, you're going to spend time on scout team, and that's where you're really going to learn a lot about yourself and a lot about college football. And it doesn't just happen in team periods. That's also when you're doing individual. You might not be doing individual for your position. You might, like offensive linemen, we're going with the one defense and doing – one-on-ones and pass pros and things with them so they can work on work on new moves they're trying to pull at full speed and things like that so like it's i think it's very it's it's incredibly beneficial aspect of college football practice and it's something that you have to kind of relearn once you go to the next level because if you're a you know pretty much wherever unless you're a first round draft pick where they're drafting you to go be a starter, you're going to walk into the NFL building and you're going to be doing scout team all over again. And sometimes you can make, you can make a career out of just being, Hey, this guy's pretty good, but we like the way he holds the bag. So like you're a, you know, you're that 53rd, 52nd guy on the roster getting bumped up and down off uh, P squad, but you have a spot just because you give really good looks from a, you know, an individual defensively and things like that. And so it's a uh, it's a part of the game at every level, but it's I think most important at the collegiate level because that's where you're gonna that's where you have the biggest growth phase, right? Yeah. You don't have as massive of a growth phase when you go into like a rookie year in the NFL to like your third year, or at least not nearly as big as you I would say from your freshman year to your junior year of college football, you know, or that freshman year to sophomore year is honestly the biggest. Uh, growth phase of 
you know, in life for anyone, but um, especially in a college football setting. Like, give me with, with practice, and obviously you know, I don't get to see the Aranda practices day in and day out and, and how they're run, but I'm sure every college football team is the same. I'm, I'm positive when it's scout team that comes out against the ones and twos during the install period. When you talk scout team, what is that made up of? Is that solely freshmen, sophomores? Is it walk-ons? When you say scout team, what does that entail? Yeah, so most of the time it's basically your uh, freshmen coming in, and then if you are like, you know, some positions are just deeper than others, so sometimes you'll have uh, like maybe a sophomore guy or something like that who's still like at a third or fourth string type spot out there. You're going to have a lot of walk-ons as well. Um, and then sometimes you have like a, you know, your what you would call like a weekly special. So where you, we have a guy that maybe he's a starter, maybe he's like a high rep guy, second team guy, but he can emulate something that someone on the other team does that's like one of their key players. And you might have him come over and get like, you know, 15 to 20 reps with the scout team just to give the defense the best like live look possible. And Blake, I wanted to bring up a point that Christoph Henley also brought up yesterday about practice, and he was talking about when he was looking at 2017, obviously you were on that team, uh, they were talking about, like, they came out of practice feeling like they were going to win the national championship. But in, on the the other side of that, like 2019, when they go to the Big 12 championship game, it was knockdown, drag out, ice baths after, after practice. Now, you got to play in 17, but also for some of the best Baylor teams ever. So tell me, when it was the mark of a good team, what did it feel like after practice? Did it feel like it was, you know, big explosive plays, or did it feel like just a struggle? Yeah, I mean, I've been on, I've been on both sides of the coin, right? So I've, I've been on offenses where we had practices where we were hitting nothing but explosives, and it was a breeze, and then we went out and maybe struggled during the game, or you know, had mediocre seasons. And I've been on. You know, in the in those same years, we've had knockdown, like really physical practices where guys are like, "Man, I don't know if I'm going to be recovered by the game." And then, you know, you also maybe have a down game or have a good game. Like in my in my opinion, there's no like <clears throat> there's no set formula to how practice should look to equal like you're going to have a good game, right? Because every every year it's subjective. I mean. The rule, the one, the 17, that was our like one in 11 year with rule or one in 10 or whatever it was. And uh, I mean, that, that was all about who's going to quit on the team, right? It's a culture change. It's a new coach, it's a new way of doing things, new system. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I mean, those practices were, you know, real tough. And they were, uh, it was all about who's going to, we don't care if, uh, how many excuses you can come up with or how you used to do things. We're going to play as physically as possible in practice to, because we have to see who's going to quit and who's going to buy in so that we can take that level of, you know, play and put it on the field. And that one in 11 year, I mean, it, it was tough. We had some, there were some, you know, I guess bright spots. Uh, if, if you look hard enough, I mean, we were in, you know, the majority of our games. And that that's the thing you can always take, go watch the film, break it down and say, really, this game can come down to four, four to five plays. If they go our way, uh, if the ball bounces here, if we do this better, 
then it's a totally different game. And then the next year, uh, you know, that's kind of my, what I remember most vividly talking about practice is the next year, I think we were still trying to be very physical, but we were actually, if I remember this correctly, we were meeting with coach rule and we had a couple weeks where we were, cause we had a lot of injuries at one point in time. So we were trying to lighten up the load, change up practice schedule, change up the flow of practice to try to get, uh, uh, get guys some more rest or like just be in better, more energized for games. And towards the end of the season, you know, it's a toss up on whether we're going to make a bowl game. And uh, I remember going to coach rule with a couple of the other offensive linemen and saying, Hey, let's, you know, our goal, especially going into the Texas tech game, which our last game of the season is to just, mash them right we want to run the we want to run for 200 yards a game part of the plan to win is to run for 200 yards a game and all this other stuff right so how do we how do we do that best and then we basically ask in practice to run like you know extra inside run get all these extra reps just running where we basically ran the same four run plays that are was our bread and butter they're part of the first descriptive plays every week and we were we want to run those against every single look that Texas Tech is going to come out in. And then we just did it every single day of practice. And it was like one of the most physical weeks of practice we've ever had. And then we went out and we ran the ball all over Texas Tech. And then we did the same thing against Vanderbilt because we thought they were soft up front. And we ran all over them in the bowl game as well. So, like, but I've also been on teams where we were airing it out and we had a nice, clean, crisp week of practices where it was nothing but explosives. And then we went out and we rolled teams in the game as well. So in my opinion, it's not necessarily like you have to pay attention to your team. You have to have some level of consistency, but you got to look at your team right now and say, what's going to help us. And, you know, that's the, that's kind of what at least my takeaway is it can look ugly. It can look pretty, but as long as you have guys going into the, the game with confidence and feeling you know, like they want to play and they want to go attack and they want to win, then you're, you're doing something right. Because the game plan, all the coaches are going to sit there. They're going to guard their desk. They're going to spend, you know, four, you know, 16 hours a day at the facility. The game plan is going to be in there. You're going to have to make adjustments and all that. But it's how well can you, you know, just be a scrappy team on the field. Because that's what, that's what you want to see is like the effort, and want the will to win and all those other little things can kind of take care of themselves but you have to start with energy effort and physicality sure and talking with Blake Blackmar former Baylor Bears offensive lineman and Blake last question for me is just you know you played on um you know some teams that ran the gamut a couple of six and sixes a one and eleven and eleven and one in there and right. they always had energy man it was in the building it was obviously in the practice facility from what you've talked about it was on the sideline you could see it every week so just as someone like you who goes to all the home games, do you ever, you know, not pointing fingers at anybody, but do you ever just look down on the sideline and think, man, like where, where's the juice? I, I'm always interested to hear about what the former players have to say about that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, this, this is going to sound kind of weird, but like one of the, I guess the hardest season that I played through was the seven and six year with uh, coach Grove and we won the Boise state game or whatever for the bowl game, but we lost like six straight in the second half of the season. And I mean, I would, I would rather do the one in 11 year with rule over again before I did that 
seven and six year because that was that was the point in my career where like it just felt like there was very little energy it was a real like lack like it just felt like half the team didn't want to go out there and play uh it was uh it, i mean it, it was tough because you know all your coaches know that they're going to be moved when you when you have the head coach fired before the season and then you keep everyone else there like you know all all those coaches know that they're done all the players know that it's going to be a totally new thing and a lot of guys are going to be shipped out there's going to be a ton of change and turnover and that stuff's kind of scary sometimes and but when there's just a energy void in the building and on the sideline that is one of the absolute toughest things to overcome and i was never like a you know i was i was a big fat offensive lineman no matter how good a shape i was in i was going to be out of breath after five plays so like I was a big energy conserving game plan guy, right? Like I was mm-hmm. never smart yelling, screaming and talking mess because I, I was like, I'd rather have that breath for me. You know, I need to, I need to be in tip top shape right here. And so like in order to overcome that, you either got to have like some guys on the team with juice. The strength staff is huge. There's a lot of components that go into it, but I'll tell you what, that same team, we got it for the bowl game. Cause we said, Hey, yeah. this is the last time all going to be together and we came out with some energy and had fun and it was like the first time in like two months that i remember actually having fun playing football for that whole year and so then like the same time with the 111 year with rule like yeah it sucked i mean i was coming out of that as a you know going into that i guess as a two-year starter and at that point you know you kind of expect not to be doing punishment uh, in the mornings because a a freshman kid didn't go to class or, you know, yada, yada, yada. You expect to have some kind of leeway or maybe get a couple of vet days or something, but that's not going to happen, especially on a, uh, one, on a bad team, on a, uh, you know, on a coaching change and all that. So like, if you can find a way, like just because there's not energy right now, because there definitely doesn't look like there's as much energy as, a team that is having fun should have, right? And yeah, at the end of the day, right. all is fun. Losing sucks, and losing is contagious, and that mentality is contagious. But having fun with some with your brothers, guys that are going to, you know, as someone who's not playing anymore, the reason I love tailgating is because it is the best excuse I can get to see all these guys that I used to see every day, and now I see them maybe five times a year. And Every time we get together, I'm late to every game. I, I'm, I always get in there just before the second quarter starts because I spend too much time at the tailgate catching up with guys and talking about remember this condition. You know, all those sucky times are your favorite stories to tell. And so, like, embrace the time you have left with the guys around you because you know, even even though it, it might suck and there's not fun, you're gonna you're gonna love these days. You're gonna love to tell stories about them and these guys are special and you need to go play for each other and have fun and you know, all, all that, all that kumbaya crap, but it's the only <laughs> way around that, uh, that real lack of energy. Cause that's the biggest killer to of a program or to a season. In my experience is like not having the fun when you're playing football, not having camaraderie, not having each other's back. That's the quickest way to, you know, kill any kind of momentum or good thing you got going. Lake. That all the perspective we could have asked for from practice to the on the field, the energy that is that's perfect. I mean, we we are trying to piece together 
the um, the trajectory of the program, where things have gone awry, and how they can be fixed as quickly as possible. And that perspective helps bring it to our perspective a lot for a couple of guys who yeah. didn't play college football. Blake, thank you so much for joining the Drake Toll Show today. Sure. Thanks for letting me get on my soapbox. I know I kind of kind of had motor mouth there for a little bit. No, Blake, perfect. We'll we need take it anytime. We Blake. needed that. That you have much better perspective on the inside than we do. So, Blake, thanks again. All right, have a good one. That's Blake Blackmar, former Baylor football player. Look, man, talks about how a lack of energy can be a, a tell for something. Yep. You know, a lack of energy can be the contagion of losing. Talks about how practice looks different at every university, looks different for every coach. Sure. Can be done differently to win, and how practice you practice at what gives you the best opportunity for success. That's how you practice. With real examples in there. Which Pretty I like good, too. man. Not that, not that Christoph didn't give us real examples. He did, but I like I like always getting as Look, as, except, as in detail as we can. Get as many sides as yeah, you can. That yeah. was Blake Blackmore. Coming up, somebody told me it's the most wonderful time of the year. This is the Drake Toll Show. Baylor basketball opens the new season Tuesday, November 7th from the Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota against the Auburn Tigers. 7.30 for the countdown to tip off. 8 p.m. tip off with the Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. It's Baylor and Auburn Tuesday, November 7th here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 in Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Hey, neighbor, I saw your license plate. Welcome to Texas. Thanks. I'm going to need a bigger mower for this lawn. Seems like everything's bigger here. (laughs) It sure is. And we're saving up for a big pool. Well, then you're going to need a high-yield CD from EECU. They have a 5.5% APY on a nine-month CD. (laughs) 5.5%? That is big. Yep, we've done our banking with EECU for years, and we opened a CD just last week. It was fast and easy to open online. Just call 800-333-9934 or go to eecu.org slash high-yield and open your CD in under five minutes. Wow. What'd you call them? EECU? <laughs> That's right. They've been helping Texans grow their savings for over 85 years. You can't go wrong with EECU and a 5.5% APY, but hurry, go to eecu.org slash high yield today because it's a limited time offer. Thanks for the tip. Hey, uh, you don't know any good fishing spots, do you? Federally insured by NCUA. APY is annual percentage yield. $2,500 minimum deposit required from an external source. Membership requirements apply. For additional terms and conditions, call 800-333-9934. 
You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they will also come to you for vehicle pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty at CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cnccollisioncenter.com, and find them on Facebook. Let nothing stand between you and the tree stand with this great offer on the fast, durable Kubota Sidekick. Featuring a gas-powered engine that delivers a top speed of 40 miles per hour, outstanding acceleration and handling with cargo, and a two-year, 1,000-hour warranty. Get the Sidekick now for zero down, 0% APR for 36 months, or save $500. Now through December 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. Triple S Sports is your one stop for all your baseball and softball gear. They have the latest bats, gloves, balls, and equipment from names that you know and trust. Rawlings, Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Mizuno, Under Armour, and New Balance. Triple S Sports can also take care of your team uniform needs with their large selection of the latest sublimated apparel and custom caps. Ask about league and school special discounts. Stop by their warehouse in Waco or visit them at triplesports.com. Play ball. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most 83 degrees in Waco, Texas College basketball is back The Baylor Bears in, in the Pentagon in Sioux Falls, yes. South Dakota. It's uh, Pentagon, At Aaron. least a top two Pentagon in Aaron, this country. you see they're playing this game at the Pentagon? <laughs> is, that, is that the one I'm thinking of? No. Not that Pentagon. Matt did wear it. He liked that one yesterday. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that was good. that's good. <laughs> I did like that. So I got a text from, I mean, I reached out to a couple of former Baylor football players, guys who played for Rule and Aranda. Before we jump all the Trying way Trying to bridge this gap. Yeah. And got a better definition of how Rule's practice differs from Aranda's. In Rule's practice, during scout team periods, the ones and the twos on offense would go to one field. So your entire starting offense, your second team offense would go to one side of the field. Your first team offense, second team offense, go to the other defense. I'm sorry, would go to the other side of the field. Okay, the, paint, the picture's painted. Yep. Then the remaining players who weren't the ones and twos would play scout team. The guy, the 50 guys that are left, you, if you're a defensive guy, you go play scout team. You go run the defense from Kansas State or whoever you're playing that week. Offensively, you're in the offense from Kansas State. Go play. So you get double the reps. Everybody on on each side of the field. One side, the ones and twos on offense are going against scout team. The other side, the ones and twos on defense are going against scout team. In Aranda's practice, there is no scout team. The ones run Baylor's offense. The twos run the opposite, uh, the opposing team's defense. Then the so second... The, okay, so let's play that out in a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. Mike Smith tears his ACL in the middle of the game. Uh-huh. Josh White or someone comes in. And look, I mean, you got to know the basics, the fundamentals of what they're doing defensively. But he's played UCF's defense all week. Yeah. 
he has played the role of UCF's Mike linebacker. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. That seems concerning. I mean, again, I'm no football coach. This is per, per a former Baylor football player. Here's the text I got. For Oranda, team periods run where the ones run Baylor offense against the second team defense who runs the scout team. That means if you're a second team defender, you don't even practice your own defense. That's a little damning. Then the ones on offense get a break, right? Because you're playing the two, the defensive twos. Mm -hmm. But you'd be playing scout team anyway. Now, so this is the ones that, remember, the ones get a break. The ones get a break. So this isn't a one thing's going on down here, one thing's going on down there. We're not doing double reps. This is everybody stand here and watch, according to this source, while the first team offense plays the second team defense. That second team defense gets to be the scout team. Sounds like high school. Now, right, where you have a lot less players. Yeah. Now, after that's over, the second team offense comes on. Sawyer Robertson comes on. That second team offense gets to be the scout team against the Baylor defense. Again, the second team offense never practices the Baylor plays. Uh, that's so all. So if one person goes down, they don't really know how to do anything, and it's out of sync because they haven't been practicing Baylor's game plan. So if you're not a one or two for a, for a year or more, you are standing around at practice doing uh. nothing. I mean, I guess you you practice it on August 7th. But if you come into a game this weekend <laughs> and you're you're doing Kansas State's pass blocking, I What is the excuse behind this or the reasoning for it? Is this just a extreme version of iron sharpens iron? Is this that what is, they're trying to the do? The excuse just, is in the NFL there's a 53 man roster. Right. For yeah. I mean, for sure. So the the rub here Blake Blackmark, great points. Have the scout team come out and play. Christoph Henley, great points. The scout team doesn't get to play. What we've bridged here, the gap is, there is no scout team. And that just takes away such opportunity for those, I mean, the guys who are standing around, and I'm sure Blake would agree with this, I mean, there's so many guys early in your career, you make yourself into a starter from your scout team performances, right? Like, if you're putting in the maximum effort, you're doing the homework, and you are performing... As a scout team guy, that's what that's what keeps bumping you up. If you're on the non-existent scout team, as we know it right now, of those whatever 50 guys who are watching, how do you show off what you can do? I mean, you cycle in with the twos sometimes, but that's not enough, is it? Uh-oh. That's not good. That's not good. It doesn't sound like a recipe for success. Ooh. Again, I'm no coach, but coming up, I don't know. Uh, John Morris will join Sioux Falls. Are we going to do a, a prediction on tonight, Dakota? All right, your basketball prediction for Baylor. Baylor wins. Wow, <laughs> Aaron, you heard it here first. Marking down, Aaron. We're going to keep score here. Uh, Crazy. I'm going to go. Right now, the metrics have I thought Baylor by tie, two. But... The Vegas has Auburn by one. The line has moved. Baylor is replacing a ton of scoring, like four of its top five scorers last year, something stupid like that. Um, we're turning one starter. Baylor yes. Bridges? Yep. I'm going to go Auburn should win this game. I think Auburn should you're, win this you're game. You're just saying that. Because they, they have enough guys you're back. You're just saying that. Football has taught me to only They have like two good players back. I'm going to go Baylor Bears win. You're fine. Eight, but high scoring, 87-81. I don't see them giving up 80 points. Free throws, put it away. 
Um, well, Jerome Tang doesn't coach here anymore, so the defense is. I trust in John Jacobs. We fence, baby. John Jacobs. John Jacobs. Coming up, John Morris. John Morris show with John Morris. He's having Pat Nunley on and Jerry Hill. Wonder if Matt will have any guests today. He's three to six here the on narrative. ESPN Central Texas. The ESPN Ran for Shilla. Central Texas uh, Matt Mosley show. The Big 12 expert. This has been It Always Will Be. Thanks for making it your lunchtime. Listen every single day. The Drake Toll Show. The Baylor Coaches Show. This Wednesday, beginning at 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's in Waco.